Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, pleased to tell you that uh, Powderhorn is on board with us. Uh, probably should do them uh, a little more justice and say Powderhorn Guns and Archery because, well, they have guns and archery. Uh, Jordan is on board with us. He is uh, a general, ma general manager over there. Jordan, welcome. How are you? Good morning, sir. We are having a beautiful morning here. Yeah, well... Um, Better than talking to you, uh, frankly, is uh, Kelsey. Cause <laughs> Agreed. She rifled around and found some firearms to bring into the studio. I brought you some good stuff this morning. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to talk <laughs> about that. We'll do that in about an hour. Uh, but in the meantime, let's uh, let's just jump right into it because we got a lot of news. Uh, President Biden had a town hall, and in it he stressed, uh, among other things, uh, stemming the flow of firearms used to commit violent crimes and he said the that he, he actually intimated that violent crime um was up but it was only gun crime that was up which is absolute nonsense uh and then he said to stem violent crime we have to go after guns so john lott wrote a piece in real clear investigations and i thought some of the numbers uh that that he uh, researched were worthy of note. The gun's first, uh, first approach ignores a basic fact. 92% of violent crimes in America don't involve firearms. Anybody surprised at that? Even I was surprised at that. It seems low, but then when you think of the definition of violent crimes, you're like, okay, that, that encompasses a lot of assaults from just slapping and hitting people on, on up. So that does encompass a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and that's just it. Violent crimes. It makes it sound so much worse when you, because everybody <laughs> imagines it's done with a gun. Vast majority of violent offenses, including robberies, rapes, and other sex crimes, almost always involve other weapons or no weapons at all. For instance, in Chicago, which has become a national symbol of violent crime, while shootings have increased, the number of murders decreased slightly to 382. Uh, that's as of July 11th compared to 387 uh, for the same period last year. Dramatic increase that Chicago is experiencing is in sex crimes. 23% rise uh, over the same period last year. New York City, murders uh, through the same period have dropped by 36.4% compared to last year, but robberies are up 18%, rapes 9%, other sex crimes 35%, all of which do not usually involve guns, Sex crimes, rarely so. Um, so there's a lot of violence that doesn't uh, have anything to do with guns. And I think they're using these numbers to scare the American public somewhat. And probably pretty effectively if you're not doing your homework. So um, one of the things that we've noticed is a lot of minorities, African Americans, Hispanics, and women are buying firearms. They see what happens when they, you know, call the police and, you know, the budgets are cut, um, law enforcement numbers are, are plummeting, people are retiring early from law enforcement, and they're buying guns. Politically, politically, do you think this adds up to a loss for the Democrats, Kelsey? I. It kind of depends on how you view it, because obviously we see... Uh, we get a lot of Democrat customers, like people buying guns that vote Democrat and have for a long time. Um, 
I, I think it'll end up being a loss on their end because they're going to get a lot of people that maybe will still vote Democratic ticket, but may not vote in people that are so anti-gun that they're rabid about it, if that makes sense. Well, here's here's what I think. Um, you've got all these Democrats running around saying defund the police, which I think increases the fear that, uh, you know, when somebody is breaking into your home and you call, they won't be able to get there at all. Uh, and so they will probably reject, maybe they don't vote for a Republican, but maybe they also don't come out to vote at all. Right. Um, and ultimately, I think that, that bodes well for the Republicans, not particularly good for the Democrats. Um, I, I just uh, watched a story in the news a couple of days ago about a reporter uh, stationed in Washington, D.C., and she had been there for like 10 or 15 years, but she was afraid that if she called the police, they wouldn't be able to get there. And so she's moved, I think it was to South Carolina, where she feels somewhat safer. Uh, but I think as, as more and more Democrats realize that when seconds count, the police are minutes away and in, and in uh, uh, cities where the numbers of law enforcement officers are, are you know, sliced and diced uh, to their bare minimums, uh, they're perhaps hours away. And... They're going to reject people who want to uh, to ban guns. Speaking of, of guns and things like that, because you guys probably know a little bit about this, um, huge demand on firearms and ammunition, uh, but I'm hearing things are starting to lighten up just a tad. In fact, I saw a post that you guys put up last week. Uh, you had 22 long rifle, 380 ACP, 9 millimeter, which is a, a real hot round to have. Uh, 40 S&W, 300 blackout, 20 gauge. But you guys got a, a big supply starting to roll in. Y yes, you're starting to see more and more supply and a little bit of weakening demand, at least on the firearm side, uh, versus what it was for that you know year, year and a half almost. Um, so so we're, we're able to get a few more things and keep a few more things a little bit longer. But then ammo now is finally starting to come in. Still not the variety of stuff you're you're looking for. And as hunting season is quickly approaching us, you know most of those place uh, most of the hunting seasons start into September and then October, November uh, for all your rifle stuff. And, and uh, we're still not seeing a bunch of it yet, so we're hoping. We've got a lot on order, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of it. But the, the handgun stuff, I think we would we would all agree we're starting to see more and more of just the basic going out to shoot at the, at the range type of ammo. So did you get enough of this? Uh, this was in uh, on the 16th when I see this post. Mm -hmm. uh, have you gotten any more since then? Or did you run through all that? What's what's the score? We have. So we ran through most of that within the day. Um, wow. <laughs> Facebook does its job. I actually had a lot of people text me that night, you know, freaking out. Like, do you still have some? Do you still have some? Um, but no, we've... We actually have gotten quite a bit more since then. Like you said, that's been, what, eight days ago almost? Um, right around there. So we I mean, have... Is, can you ever remember a time in the industry when you would get a load of ammo and it would disappear in a couple of days? Yes. I've, we've been through this before. Um, people seem to have forgotten already um, the aftermath of the Newtown, Connecticut shooting and subsequent you know, trials and stuff like that where it was just as bad. Um, this one has lasted much longer, this kind of drought. This is a lot more far-reaching than that was. You know, through all that, we we would get 40 guns in in a day and sell 42. Wow. It, it was insane. Um, but that was a very short-lived, you know, rush period, maybe a month. 
And yeah, then this has been going on for like a year uh, yeah, and a half. So we hit um, what I would call selling everything you could get your hands on. That lasted about six months this time. Wow. Um, so, of course, the after effect is very far reaching, not to mention the supply chain shortages. If uh, if you're interested, uh, Powderhorn is at 1915 Paris Road uh, here in Columbia. Is this in the in the long run? Is this bad for the retail industry or good for the retail industry? Uh, you know, on one hand, I think, well, this is good. Uh, they're making sales like crazy, uh, and then I think on the other hand, but wait a minute, they can't get new stock. You got to go for days without selling things that you normally would. Long run, good or bad for the industry? You know. Probably bad on the whole um, with us when you take into account the smaller shops and not the uh, the big box guys. It's it's a lot harder because then when you can't get the stuff. So after that initial rush and you sell off most of your stuff, and you're not able to replace it. You can't pay the bills because there's not a lot of margin in this stuff. Ever you know there's a lot of people sell a lot of firearms and it's just near impossible to to really keep it going, especially when you. You had an inventory, and for a long time, we were only to ma- able to maintain about 30% of what we would normally have dollar amount in stock, and it makes it very hard. Luckily, we have other things, and we were financially able to to weather this because we've been open for so long. We, we have some reserves, but some of those uh, younger guys at it, maybe just been in business 10 or 15 years, that, that make a living but don't have the, the big reserves um, from, from other stuff, I I think it was, it's been really, really hard, and we've seen them. We've seen them close. We've seen a lot of little little places around the state and nation. Uh, the little mom and pop shops just not be able to weather it. <laughs> the newcomers have only been at it ten or fifteen years. <laughs> that is short term. I mean, <laughs> well, it is compared to Powderhorn. You guys have been around since what? When sixty? Oh goodness, I think it's sixty-seven, sixty-five, somewhere right in there is when Don opened it uh, above the A-frame, above his realty company, selling just uh, black powder stuff. Wow. That's that's incredible. Uh, my producer Brian Hanson just turned thirty that year, <laughs> and, and he was uh, he was uh, he was impressed. Uh, all right, eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free numbers eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. We got a lot of ground to cover in the next two hours. We invite you to join us. We'll find out what they brought in from Powderhorn, uh, and then uh, we'll talk about a case that's up at uh, Gary on Guns. Could a birthday derail a case? Dealing with gun sales to young adults. Coming up, Gary Nolan, Carry on Guns, Zimmer Radio Network. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, 23 minutes after the hour, and uh, Jordan is in from uh, Powderhorn, and, and he's uh, brought with him uh, the charming and talented Kelsey, and we are talking about, among other things, the sale of firearms. And there's a, apparently a case uh, that has gone to federal court suggesting that uh, 18-year-old should be able to buy a handgun. I go into Powderhorn, Chelsea, and I want to buy a rifle, and I'm 18 years old. You can sell that to me, right? Uh, yes, 18 for long guns. Currently, 21 for handguns. Okay. If, um, it, it, if, if I'm 18 years old, and I want to buy a handgun, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. I can't do that. It's illegal. Not from us, correct. Wait, yeah, uh, not from a, a, a gun retailer. What I wonder what it's like, what it is in the private marketplace. Can it, an adult be prosecuted for selling a? So it depends on the state, um, because purchase laws and possession laws are not the same thing. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so I buy. Uh, I want to buy a gun, and the federal court says, uh, yeah, eighteen. 
What do you think about that? Is it more dangerous to sell a, an 18-year-old a handgun than a rifle? I don't... Not inherently, no. Um, I think it highly depends on the individual, like with most things. I know some 21-year-olds that shouldn't own handguns. So. <laughs> when, uh, or cars or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Driver's license. That's, we give those parents. to 16-year-olds. <laughs> like. Yeah, keep them in their parents' basement. Um, when I was attending bar years and years ago, um, I wouldn't, uh, even though it was legal for a short time to sell 18-year-olds hard liquor, I wouldn't do it right. because I just I knew they were a pain and I, I didn't trust them. Uh, and I had that that option would. It, it, but you guys have that option, too, don't you? Somebody comes in the, uh, to Powderhorn and you get a feeling you don't trust them. Something squirrely. You turn them away. Absolutely. Yeah. Done it multiple times. We'll do it again. Yeah. Um, do you. So you don't think it's inherently dangerous to sell an 18-year-old a handgun? Uh, an 18-year-old should be able to walk into a, a firearms dealer. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be, just a little leery of that. I don't know. As a, you know, my experience dealing with 18-year-olds is, uh, the, you know, if they're in the military, they're getting some training and discipline. Not sure how I feel about 18-year-olds. <laughs> So let me ask listeners this, and, and this is like really early in the morning for people to get on the phones, but on a Saturday morning at Dark 30, call me up and tell me what you think. But 874-9390 or toll-free 800-529-5572, do you think it makes sense to sell guns to 18-year-olds, handguns, pistols? Uh, you can also get me at uh, GaryNolan.com. Uh, you can send me a message through there. It'll pop up on my email. I'm just curious to see what others think. Legally, I don't have a problem with it. I I, I just mentally have this vision of some... You know, I'm, I'm thinking like a progressive here. Uh, <laughs> I have this vision of, you know, crazy 18-year-old kids coming in and buying handguns. Um, and it sort of scares me. Yeah, you know, right now it's set up so that uh, parents can kind of be in the middle of that decision. Um, because in the state of Missouri, at least, you're able to possess a handgun at 18. You just cannot purchase or sell it. Um, and I was I was one of those, so I had a handgun at, at 18 years old, but that was a decision my father got to, you know, make and purchase that for me and got to decide whether I was safe enough, uh, cognizant enough to be able to handle that. And that's probably the best thing because... Yeah, there are a lot of 18-year-olds that are more mature than 25-year-olds, I know. But it's not the majority of them. Um, I think, like, like I said, I think the majority of people, if we could have a, a parent in on that discussion or that decision, that they, they would should, should know best of whether they're um, capable of having the maturity level um, to, to handle that firearm. And on the same token, within the state of Missouri, we allow 19-year-olds to get their CCW. So that's not a yeah. huge step, you know. Yeah, but they've got that training. Correct. I don't know. It, 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 maybe I'm just being paranoid, and I think I am. I think if I, I really... Sometimes I do this. I have to argue with myself and play both sides of the issue until I come to a conclusion. My first instinct is 18. No, 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 no. Most kids are just too crazy. Uh, but legally, I understand, yeah, at 18, they should have the right. We can... We can uh, throw a rifle in their hands and a handgun and send them overseas to go fight. But they can't buy a beer or buy themselves a defense pistol when they come home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'm just curious to see what others think. 874-9390-800-529-5572. By the way, that case could be threatened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or not. But uh, as it wends through the court, it takes years and years and years uh, to work its way through the system. And right now, uh, one of these two uh, 18-year-olds, or or under 21s, I should say, has turned 21. And so there's no case there. And the other one is about to turn 21. And so what could happen here is nobody could ever bring this to the Supreme Court because it takes more than three years to get to the Supreme Court. So you're 18, you file this, you know, you challenge this law, it works its way up, and just before it hits the court, you turn 21 and it's moot, gone. I don't know, yeah. just, it's 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 kind of a strange way things unfold. Jonathan Elder uh, at Reason Magazine uh, pointed this out, that uh, as these kids... Uh, you know, turn into legally able to adult buy purchase uh, firearms. Uh, that suddenly the case is moot and it never gets heard. <laughs> Ergo, it never changes. Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. We're coming up on a news break, but very quickly, I I want you to uh, to defend having a. a a magazine, or a drum, I guess, if you're going to go to 100 rounds. I don't think there's a magazine made that'll do that. But Joe Biden said, you know, there's just no reason to have a firearm that holds 20 or 30 or 40 or 100 rounds. So, Kelsey, why would I want, why should it be legal for me to have a, a magazine or a, a drum that holds 100 rounds? Well, why should your car go over 60 miles an hour? Or hold because more than 10 gallons of gas. Because uh, there are times when I have to pass people. Well, maybe there's times I don't like to reload. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it is such an asinine point. It drives me crazy. Um, I, I can assure you, as easy as it is to change magazines, I could carry five or six 10-round mags and oh, get through it just as quickly. <laughs> a New York reload. Yes. Yeah. Kelsey yes. and Jordan with us from Powderhorn Guns and Ammo on Gary on Guns Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. 35 minutes after the outer. After the outer. <laughs> after the hour in powder. You mix those together, you come up with a whole new word. Uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery on board with us this morning. Jordan is in and he has uh, a company in studio and that's Kelsey they brought in a, a couple of firearms. We'll talk about those in about half an hour from now. In the meantime, I was asking about whether or not uh, you thought it was safe to let 18-year-olds buy pistols. Federal court has decided that it is. Uh, that that may or may not make it to the Supreme Court because the 18-year-olds are now <laughs> turning 21. But I got a message from Caleb uh, through GaryNolan.com. Gary, are you trying to say they're too stupid? <laughs> they're too stupid. <laughs> They're adults in the eyes of the law. Let them buy pistols. Uh, kind of agreeing there with Kelsey, I, I, I see. Uh, as we're going to the break, we're talking about uh, magazines that have, uh, you know, capacities that violate the Biden rule. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And he also wants to ban handguns, by the way. Here's, uh, here's a little audio. Well, actually, crime is down. Gun violence and murder rates are up. Guns. I'm the only guy that ever got past legislation 
when I was a senator to make sure we eliminated assault weapons. By the way, that didn't result in a reduce a reduction in crime, and we already exposed the first lie in his statement. The idea you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a whether it's a nine millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle, is ridiculous. But Kelsey says it's not ridiculous. No, I I think it's perfectly fine if you want to <laughs> spend your well earned money on a magazine that holds more than. $220 in ammo right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Woo! Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, the drums, because I've shot firearms, uh, rifles that had drums, and they tend not to work as well as magazines. You want to get a, a hundred rounds, you got to get a drum, right? I mean, there's no magazine long enough. Um, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And they have historically been pretty terrible for forever yeah i mean i remember shooting those back in the 90s back when it wasn't a big thing and you really had to use old army surplus stuff type stuff and same thing you, you might get 10 or 15 rounds off before you had to take it out adjust the spring put it back in or clear a malfunction so they, they've never been terribly great well and even going all the way back to the thompsons you know yeah. everybody thinks of tommy guns with drums most of those don't work worth a darn either really they're not uh, no they're not, they're not super reliable and they've been around forever I am so, I'm almost embarrassed to admit, and I've, I've fired fully automatic weapons, uh, but I've never fired a Thompson submachine gun. You should. They're fun. Highly they're recommend. Low Highly. recoil, heavy. They're, 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 they're a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> they're a lot of fun. We should have a party. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should uh, talk about that on the air, though. <laughs> Biden might send somebody. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll head out to uh, uh, Hallsville and, and uh, go shoot them up, have some fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I've told the story on the air uh, a, a couple of times before, but my wife uh, loves to shoot the AR-15, and to save money, I got her a twenty-two conversion kit. And every time we go out, I have to reload this thing. I mean, she can empty that damn magazine uh, almost faster than, than I can keep up with her. I like the idea that she can just keep shooting, because eventually I can go shoot some myself. I don't have to be reloading. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with having uh, magazines that hold a lot of rounds. Uh, and it's not as though rifles um, are, are a real problem. They're, ver they're rarely used in crimes. Uh, and as Kelsey pointed out, you can do that New York reload. Mm -hmm. Just drop the magazine and pop the new one in. And if you practice that a little bit, you can get pretty quick. You yeah. can do that. It doesn't even take a lot of practice to get halfway good at it. You know, yeah, I Most, wouldn't want to be charging unarmed at a guy who was uh, <laughs> just even halfway good at it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what his problem is. I don't know why he thinks that somehow is going to change uh, 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 violent crime in this country. It is not. Uh, there are other reasons uh, that we have violent crime, and I talk about those on the weekday show. I'll I'll spare you uh, <laughs> going into that on the weekend show. 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. Did you guys hear what they did to John Lott? Did you hear what what they did? I guess not. Well, uh, John Lott, who's been a guest on this program uh, countless times and is uh, the author of More Guns, Less Crime, got an invitation to come to a high school and speak. And uh, apparently, 
these people had set up a website for the high school. Uh, they had gone to great lengths to make it look like it was real. They even set up, um, you know, for rehearsal, they had him come in and, you know, kind of go through his, his talk, uh, a shortened version of it, whatever, uh, to an empty, to this empty field full of chairs uh, under the uh, guise of, uh, it's a rehearsal, we want to see how everything sounds. And so he did that. And then the next day, it, it, they said, well, it's called off because we uh, got threats because you were there. Well, it turns out there was no high school. The website and everything associated with it was phony. And what they were trying to do was make a commercial uh, that would uh, embarrass the National Rifle Association and, and anybody that was pro-gun. Uh, PJ Media writes, the tactics of this group would make Mike Wallace, NBC News, and James O'Keefe blush with embarrassment. The New Republic's new hoaxer, Stephen Glass... And Washington Post fakesters Janet Cook and Jason Blair would have been jealous of the chutzpah used in this ruse. They concocted fake online high school James Madison Academy based in Las Vegas. They asked Lott and former president of the NRA to speak at the school's graduation. They created a website that Lott says contained information like endorsements and stories about successful students. They gave the school the air of legitimacy. The website, by the way, has since dis uh, disappeared. Um, and told him that he had to come in the day before for a dress rehearsal. Lot said that uh, he'd never heard of a dress rehearsal for a graduation, uh, and he'd spoken at more than a few. He offered to give them his talking points by phone, but they insisted that he be there in person because there would be thousands of people at the graduation. And it would be important for everything to go smoothly. They also wanted him to change his graduation speech, the pro, you know, the rah-rah graduation speech, to take on a decidedly more political tone. They asked him to include discussion of Madison's Second Amendment and criminal background checks for gun buyers. He thought it was weird, but he wanted to help out the school, so he went along with it. He drove to the event, arrived to find a production worthy of Olympics. There were big cameras, drones flying around. There were big. There was a big dais, had huge banners for the school. They had all the chairs set up. I have to confess, he said, I was exhausted, but I gave my kind of rough version of my talk, and they filmed it just in case they had problems filming it or anything on Saturday. And there were chairs, 3,000 chairs. After the dress rehearsal, before the empty chairs, he went back to the hotel to await the next day's activities. Instead, he got a phone call from a fake school board president canceling the graduation due to threats against the event because of his attendance. This uh, fake school board president then asked Lot to please don't say anything in public about it. <laughs> what came next out of the hoax were commercials for the group to, in their words, reduce the influence of the NRA on the federal level, and by extension, Dr. Lott. Video juxtaposed Lott's begged-for words in front of the empty chairs with images of shootings, with the hope that he would look heartless and horrible. The chairs, they intoned, represent the lost class of 3,044 students who died this year due to gun violence. 
lot. The numbers cruncher says those numbers don't comport with reality. You might know a thing about these numbers since he is former senior advisor for research and statistics at the Office of Justice Programs for the U.S. Department of Justice, senior advisor for research and statistics in the Office of Legal Policy for the U.S. Department of Justice. He said that as horrible as it is, there were nowhere near that number. He has no idea how they came up with that number. But this is the hoax that they went to. Can you imagine how much it cost for that hoax? You know, if you have to go <clears throat> through those types of links to make a political point or an ad, you'd think a reasonable person would really be questioning the morality of what they're doing. But yeah, there, there we see it. That's how or desperate they are. Spend the time and the money and the effort on something that's actually worth spending that much time, money, and effort <laughs> on. Like... That blows my mind. <laughs> well, if they're that deceitful, in this case, how deceitful are they with everything else they give you? And and every time, I've never heard an, an anti-gun argument that held up against logic and common sense. They always have to distort the truth. This is just the way the anti-gun people think. They distort the truth. Uh, so they went to a great deal of time and effort to do that. Up against the clock, we got to take a quick break. Powderhorn Guns and Ammo Jordan is on board with us. He's in the studio with Kelsey. St. Louis prosecutor is in the news again. This is great. They, she spent all that time going after people who were defending their private property. But what did she let slip through the cracks? That's up next. Gary and Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. It's 51 minutes after the hour. Kelsey is in the studio from Powderhorn Guns and Ammo. Jordan is in also. Uh, the uh, prosecutor, let me tell you what's coming up because we got the uh, uh, prosecutor in St. Louis and what she's doing or not doing. Uh, what to do because of uh, there's, so, there's so many more cases of road rage. How should you handle it if you're a concealed carry permit holder? or you just conceal carry. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll find out what firearms they brought in from Powderhorn. Uh, we'll take your calls. Uh, in fact, we're going to do that right now because I'd asked a question about 18-year-olds. Are you from, are you comfortable with 18-year-olds uh, being able to purchase a handgun at, uh, at, a, at, a, at a store, retail? Uh, and uh, Mike is on the line to answer that. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary, uh, Gary on Guns. Morning, Gary. How you doing? I am well. Yeah, I am a, one of those who, of the belief that pretty much all non-felons should be armed. Uh, like you said before, if you can serve your country and fire a weapon to the enemy, why can't you fire one at somebody that's trying to kill you? And uh, that's really all I got. <laughs> but if, if that's the logic, then shouldn't 18-year-olds be able to buy a fifth of whiskey? Well, yeah. I mean, Pack of smokes? Yeah, you guys made the point earlier. You're an adult at 18, so you should be able to do what adults are allowed to do. I, I really don't see any kind of reason to limit it at all. All right. I just wanted opinions like that. Thank you very right, much, Mike. You. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Kim Gardner, uh, she is a George Soros-supported uh, uh, prosecutor. She went after Mark and Patricia McCloskey. You guys remember that, don't you? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to defend their property, and uh, and I suppose we could all three uh, talk about how badly they uh, they approach that. 
from a tactical point, uh, Mark and Patricia McCloskey should have been slapped for being so stupid. Uh, it, and, and I always, almost always feel obligated to, to go into a little bit about this. In the event that you think the, the, the mad masses are coming at you, uh, stay inside your house. Don't stand outside waving a gun in front of a crowd of people who may have a gun. You know, someone in that crowd could have a gun and shoot you, and you wouldn't even know where to shoot back. Yeah. Um, on top of having their fingers on the triggers the entire time, which yes. drove me crazy. Not to mention the fact that the guns were useless. Yeah. One one didn't have a firing pin. The other one was uh, wasn't uh, there was no ammo in it, which is like you know challenging someone to shoot at us because we're you know we're idiots. <laughs> um, but they were as futile as, as goofy as their attempt was. They were within their rights, I would argue, to protect their private property. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kim Gardner went after them as though they were the Manson uh, family. I mean, she was relentless. When the when a judge said, you can't do the prosecuting, she went out to find somebody else in the state who could prosecute them. They, they just hounded the McCloskeys to the ends of the earth. However, they had a couple of murderers in jail, but couldn't bother to show up. In court, and and literally the judge said, you know what, you got a lack of prosecution here. Go home. And they turned them loose. <laughs> this thing, not only that, but a woman who was out uh, on maternity leave, they had electronically, she was a prosecutor, electronically assigned her signature to the prosecution papers. What a mess. What a this this woman has no business working as a prosecutor. The amount of uh, crime in, in St. Louis, the latest data shows that Gardner's office has dismissed 34% of all felony cases disposed of this year, down from 36 last year. In 2019, they dismissed 32% of cases, 2018, 23% of cases. It keeps getting, you know, keeps getting worse. Um, I, it's no wonder they want to own guns in St. Louis. Well, and it that seems like, to me, a huge amount of bias. She's only willing to go after what she personally believes is wrong and not uphold the law. Or what helps her brand. Yeah. You know, it's, we've, we, we were all part of the society here, so we've made it so that these politicians and that's what they are becoming as a, as a prosecutor it's a you know it's it's a politician and we're, we're we're allowing them to create brands that will turn a tidy profit for them in the long run and uh, that's 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 a bad thing to have i would i would argue you are correct on 18 year olds john welcome glad to have you on gary on guns yeah good morning good morning uh, i just want to i guess not clarify but uh, when you are 18 years old I don't give you much credibility, period, because you have no, well, nothing that you have proven yet in life skills to me that I should even allow you to vote yet, for one, uh, until you get out of mom and dad's house at 25 at least, or out of college at 25 or anything. So you have something to tell me you can actually vote for something uh, that you believe in or put money into or anything like that. But uh, 
your last caller said that, you know, if you can go in the military at 18 and shoot a gun, why can't you? And you said drink alcohol. Well, because you're not trained to do so. Okay, if you have an 18-year-old and an 18-year-old is going to go in the military, yeah, he ought to be able to shoot the gun because he's going to be trained in the military. An 18-year-old outside, no way. No way in heck. Okay, unless we have something now that says you have to serve uh, your country when you get out of high school uh, for at least two years, so you at least have a brain. Because most of these so you, John, John, I'm running out of time. So you would not want 18-year-olds to be able to buy a handgun? Hell no. All right. John, I'm out of time. i got to run. I sure wish I had more. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Gary on guns. Uh, we'll talk about road rage, what they're selling or what they brought into the studio from Powderhorn. All coming up next on Gary on guns.